This episode is brought to you by the Arvada Center because they're kicking off their summer concert series in June. Relax under the stars at the Arvada Center's outdoor amphitheater and take in acts like Melissa Etheridge, Big Richard, Tower of Power, Preservation Hall Jazz Band, The Spin Doctors, and so much more. Concerts are scheduled for June through September. You can find a whole schedule of events and get your tickets today at arvadacenter.org. That's arvadacenter.org. Today on CityCast Denver. If you're a longtime listener of this show, then you might remember the story of Ben and Sean Johnson. We first met the couple in May of 2021. They had a dream of building an addition on their home for Sean's disabled mother. The only problem was that the plans they came up with weren't perfectly aligned with the city's zoning code. So they were going to have to ask for an exception or what's known as a variance. And that forced them to go toe to toe with a group of people deep within the city's bureaucracy that operated with little oversight and enormous power. The Board of Adjustments for Zoning Appeals. We were following their rules and we couldn't be successful. Three times the couple presented their plans to convert their garage into housing. And three times the BOA said no for varying reasons. As Ben and Sean watched other families get their variances approved, they couldn't help but feel like something about who they were was the reason they were getting denied. I know your listeners can't see us, but you can see us. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, I'm Black, Ben's Jewish, we're gay. Um, I know that the biases exist. I know that we were targeted. Almost a year has gone by, and a lot has changed with the Board of Adjustments for Zoning Appeals. Recently, City Council voted to overhaul the board completely, like start from scratch. But I'm still wondering, did Ben and Sean ever get to finally build their house for their mom? We'll hear from them in a little bit. But first, I talk with Denver North Star reporter Catherine White about what these changes to the BOA mean for future families. Today is 303 Day, March 3rd, 2022. I'm Bree Davies, and this is CityCast Denver. Well, Catherine White, welcome to CityCast Denver. Thank you for having me. So last year, you wrote a story for the Denver North Star about a family in Sunnyside who wanted to build an addition on their home or an ADU for their mom who has a disability. But they encountered all these problems with this very boring sounding Denver Board of Adjustment for Zoning Appeals. But fast forward to now where City Council just voted to make some changes to this board. And before we get there, can you talk about what some of the problems were with this board in the first place? One of the problems the Johnsons faced was the narrow sort of framework for decision-making that the BOA has. When it comes to variances, they have one job and one job only, and that's to determine whether a hardship has been met or a, a set of hardship criteria have been met. And they really can't veer from this very narrow framework that um, was established actually back in the 1920s. So, yeah. Wow. So, so that, that was one of the, I would say, central issues. It became clear also during, to the Johnsons, uh, that this hardship criteria wasn't being consistently applied 
to um, all of the people going before this board. So now that these hearings are on Zoom, people have an opportunity to participate in hearings that aren't theirs, right? So they uh, were advised by their architect to check out other hearings just to acclimate themselves to the process. It's a really intimidating quasi-judicial process. Um, and so, you know, they got the advice to check out a couple of other hearings. And as they did that, they noticed the inconsistent way that this hardship line was being drawn. Um, they noticed other families or individuals where a lot of leniency was given. They noticed developers that uh, seemed to know members of the board. Um, they saw, and I saw as well, as I started to tune into the story, I sort of did the same and started sitting in on some of these hearings. Uh, in some cases, or sort of this chummy feeling. Sean Johnson said at one point in the process, the goalpost kept moving, that it was too subjective to be legitimate. This line just wasn't in the same place for everyone he saw before this board or didn't seem to be. So this is the zone. We're talking about the zoning board of appeals, not the zoning board itself. Where, where did this board of appeals come from? Why does it exist? So it exists because we have human beings interfacing with a municipal code document, right? And so from the very beginning, the uh, and this is back in the 1920s, when um, municipal codes, building codes were being created across the country, and one could go into the history of those and why those were being created in the first place, connected to all kinds of <laughs> all kinds of diabolical history in the US. Um, but for each of the municipal codes that were created, um, there was also a sort of parallel appeal process. And so a lot has changed in the world of boards of adjustment for zoning appeals over the hundred years that they've existed in this country. They were created in order to uh, handle um, exceptions to the rule, essentially. So people, human beings, go before this human board um, and hash out the details of a project connected to this archaic, or even even the, in the mod if it were even modern, it's still just words on paper and can't necessarily meet the needs of all human cases. This episode is brought to you by Pine Melon, the farmer's market delivered. Pine Melon is a next generation grocery delivery app that partners with over 200 farmers, ranchers, and producers in Colorado to help make fresh, locally sourced foods available to the Denver community at fair prices. Get high quality meats, eggs, and dairy from small local farms, fresh baked breads from local bakeries, and more, as well as all of your favorite pantry staples. Best part is, Pine Melon offers same-day delivery to Denver and soon Boulder within a two-hour window, no subscription necessary. Save time in your busy schedule and get fresh and healthy groceries delivered right to your door. Join the movement and support local today. Use promo code CityCastDenver for $75 off your first delivery at PineMelon.com. That's PineMelon.com. So Denver City Council just voted to reform this Board of Appeals. Um, how did that go and, wh and where did it lead? So what they've done is they've essentially wiped the slate clean. Uh, they've reestablished the board and uh, current board members are able to reapply for their jobs if they would like. Um, new requirements have been put into place. 
So now to be a member of this board, you need to have um, certain kinds of professional background. Um, they want to have at least one attorney on the board. They want to have at least one architect on the board. They named a couple of other things like an interest in land use. So it's possible that a regular citizen of Denver who has an interest in land use could um, seek a position on the BOA. They also um, added training for the board. Um, in the Johnson's case, it appears as though the board uh, could have used some training in um, how to implement the hardship criteria around disability specifically. So that will be included in the new training requirements. The Americans with Disabilities Act um, will be included in the new training requirements for the BOA. Um, I mean, it's, it's easy to sit here today and say, wow, why didn't they have that training before, right? So yeah. it takes a case like this. Yeah, it takes a case like this, right? Another big change, um, there are several changes, other changes, but another big one is who appoints uh, members of the board. So in the new reestablished BOA, uh, of the five members, two will be appointed by the mayor, two by city council, and one will be jointly appointed. That's a big change. Are they able to apply any sort of demographic or diversity requirements? Because I'm just thinking about this experience that the Johnsons had where they felt racially discriminated against and discriminated against because they're a gay couple. I don't know if they're legally able to apply yeah. demographic requirements. They they don't in this reestablishment process. They will now require diversity, equity, and inclusion training as one of the training elements that new board members will be required to undertake. So, you know, one, one would hope that that would help. Um, I also know that city council has brought their own recruitment and appointing process sort of into the modern era, and they're recruiting for their appointed positions in an entirely different way. So when you look at the membership of groups that they're responsible for appointing, it does look very uh, different demographically than some of these boards and commissions in the past. But as it, as it stood with the Johnson's case, uh, all members of that BOA were white, with the exception of one of the alternates who was present for, I think, one or two of the hearings. So this, the Johnson's case in particular gets to this broader conversation we're having about housing, um, mm -hmm. building of housing, because essentially they would be adding some density to their own neighborhood. Do you see the changes to the Board of Appeals doing anything to make building more housing in Denver easier? Not right now. This this bill that passed city council was restricted to the membership of the board specifically, uh, the training of the membership, um, the terms of members. There's a whole second phase that Sandoval and Kanish referred to when they initially made their proposal. Um, the second phase would actually address um, the larger issues of the criteria that this BOA uses, and those pieces are in the charter. Only the voters can change the charter. Your reporting was so helpful with this. Thank you, Catherine. You're welcome. My pleasure. You know, there's one thing I would add, actually, um, that I hope, I'm sure it will become clear from uh, your conversation with the Johnsons. Whenever I talk to people about this case, people want to know, did the Johnsons get their variants ever? Were they ever able to build their ADU? You know, did Davey beat Goliath? You know, like, 
So, you know, it's people want to see this as a Davy and Goliath situation. Now, when you visit with the Johnsons, you will see it's not to them a Davy and Goliath situation. Their question is, can the system be made better for everyone? Okay. <laughs> Hi. Hey, y'all. Thanks for thanks for talking with us again and coming back to the show, you guys. Yeah, thank you for having us and for the update. We we appreciate it. Ben's sister Emily is like a, a huge fan now. <laughs> yeah, you guys, you guys have gained like a super fan. Oh, that's awesome. Well, we appreciate that. So the last thing we heard from the Johnsons back in May was that they had a lead on a pathway to success, and it turns out it was through a different city agency altogether, the Department of Planning. The Department of Planning can send cases over to the BOA, but in this case, they found a way to create a pathway within their own department to adjudicate our case that had a focus on disabilities. Okay, here's how Ben and Sean were essentially able to bypass the BOA. You resubmit your plans back to the Planning and Development Committee, and that authorization sort of explains that you're out of maybe... uh, the bounds of the zoning code, but here is the, the, the waiver for that. The same way that the Board of uh, Adjustments would have been the waiver when we got approval from them. Now the zoning administrator will be that waiver. And in case you're scratching your head or your eyes are starting to glaze over like a lot of people's do when zoning and urban planning are talked about, Sean gets it. I know, but that like development in this city, I guess, is a lot. But the Johnsons pushed through the painstaking process because they knew it would be worth it in the end. And not just for their family, but for the community. We didn't really have another option. And that's what we wanted the BOA to maybe understand the consequences of their actions is that we would just be pushed out of our home. And we would then be pushed out of Denver because of the cost of living here to look for something that would include uh, everything that we needed or that we were able to afford to build here. Anyway, but we are on our path. Uh, it's submitted. We're waiting for the planning and de- development department to review our project and then hopefully issue our permit soon. Um, and we wanted to prepare um, again, doubly, <laughs> you know, uh, because uh, it was an opportunity that was going to be for our family, but also sort of starting a pathway for other families to sort of follow. We're still in the process where my mom is not here. That's a lot of time that we can't get back. But one thing that I do feel like we got back is maybe that other families won't maybe have to go through this egregious of an experience. The cost to families by having an adequate board is significant. My mom will never be in the same health state that she was two years ago. And that's a significant cost to my family. So what's next now that David sort of did beat Goliath? Well, Sean has plans to keep paying his experience forward. I joined an ADU in Denver's advisory committee, and it's going to be about how we come together to to maybe figure out what zoning uh, is working for ADUs or maybe is not working for ADUs. And it's got members from city council members to professors of planning and development and, and me. I just hope you guys can have a big party or like a ribbon cutting ceremony when your ADU is done finally. That's what we, my mom said that it's going to be like a monument to our, uh, our perseverance and like wouldn't give up. So she's, it's, it's extra exciting. 
And here's what else is happening in Denver today. Denver is still on the hunt for a new independent monitor. The position has been vacant since 2020 and is supposed to serve as a watchdog over Denver's police and sheriff's departments. Westward reported that the board tasked with hiring a new independent monitor narrowed the search down to three candidates, but then decided, nope, never mind, we're going to start over and hire none of them. So the search continues. In, oh my God, I thought we were losing another diner news, Davies Chuckwagon Diner on West Colfax is just changing hands. The vintage stainless steel modular structure was built in the late 50s in New Jersey and shipped all the way to Colorado. But Business Den reports it's going to stay the same. The new owner just plans to enhance what's already great about the place, adding new neon lighting, recovering the worn out booths, and fixing the table jukeboxes. Hooray! That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed the show, why not take a minute to tell a friend about us? Rate the show wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to our morning newsletter, where today Peyton shares her weekly roundup of food news. Find that and subscribe to future newsletters at denver.citycast.fm. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. See ya! The Board of Adjustments for Zoning Appeals. Or Bozo. I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'm just going to start calling it Bozo. Or Boazoa.